North Carolina football recruiting target David Hobbs is set to announce his college choice next Monday, August 1st. But he just announced that he's pushing back his commitment date, and you know why? He's taking another visit this weekend to Tuscaloosa. Should we be worried? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, July 28th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. I want to remind you that the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts. Very easy to subscribe. Go ahead and do that now. And if you would, while you're there and watching, smash the like button and leave some comments on these football recruits we're talking about today. One more reminder, tomorrow's show is a mailbag show. Great questions already coming in. One last chance to do that and join in. But today, it is a big football recruiting day. We got a commitment coming up on Saturday from Braden Marshall. We're going to find out more intel from John Garcia Jr. about that right now. It's great to be joined here on Locked on Tar Heels today by John Garcia Jr., Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting. As always, we want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor of the Locked on College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free right now at locked on, excuse me, at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. John, those words are too close together, man. I get that <laughs> mixed up all the time. It's crazy. Hey, it's great to have you, brother. Uh, I know big and great things are happening in your life in the coming months. And so, boy, just exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, I know we're still in July, we're, we're wrapping it up, but still some more commitments ahead, including this coming Saturday, two days from now, we will have Braden Marshall committing to either Nebraska, Wisconsin, or North Carolina. Now, I know you were talking to my uh, Wisconsin uh, colleague earlier today. I hope you gave him bad news, and I hope you're going to give me good news. <laughs> yeah, this one has been an interesting race. You know, I think, you know, the, the Lake Mary prospect right outside of Orlando there was optimism for UCF like two weeks ago in this race. And then all of a sudden he announces this top three well out of state, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Um, and, and now there's a lot of questions around this, this commitment coming Saturday. So shout out to Braden for doing a good job on his end. You know, he took these trips and you could tell uh, in hearing him talk that he's pulled different things from the trips, you know, Wisconsin, you know, big DB class already, but just Jim Leonard, kind of that professionalism, number one defense in the country last year. He would add to that, makes sense. Nebraska, kind of the upstart program that has begun to churn out DBs at the highest level. Cam Taylor Britt, uh, early round pick in the draft this past year. NIL's big deal up in Nebraska these days. Scott Frost even talked about it recently. And then North Carolina, you know, Hall of Fame coach. Dre Bly, I know that's that's a, a person, you know, in his positional uh, recruiter that he, he trusts because Dre has been there and done that, you know, which which isn't the case across the board in some of the coaches uh, that, that are recruiting him. Hall of Fame coach met Mac Brown, by the way. I, I don't For know. sure. <laughs> I have to reiterate that to your audience. But yes, Dre Bly, very good. Not quite Hall of Fame yet. 
Um, and I think that that has resonated with with Braden from the beginning of of his recruitment. So you could really almost build a case for all three of these programs. But again, I was hearing UCF buzz. Hey, maybe he stays home and, and plays for Gus Malzahn as they transition to the to the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. So I think he's done a really good job of keeping things very close to the vest. I do hear a little bit more buzz for North Carolina compared to the other two just since, you know, dropping UCF, but not enough to feel confident in any one direction here. So I'm curious to see, one, if Braden knows as of today, midweek, if he knows where he's going, or, or two, if there could be some twists and turns over the next couple of days leading up to that announcement itself, which is always a possibility in this day and age. Uh, so, so that's going to be interesting to track come Saturday, but uh, clearly a big time cornerback prospect and a merger from last season who really played his way in, into a, a high end power five type of prospect. So whoever gets his commitment Saturday is getting a pretty interesting defensive back with, with a lot of upside. Man, you love you love to hear that. I mean, geographically, Carolina is obviously going to be the closest of this hey, uh, spread out uh, top three. But yeah, it seems like it's been a very weird thing. Um, we're recording the show on Wednesday, just an, a couple hours ago. Kayla, uh, Carolina lost out on Caleb Downs, another uh, defensive back player. Do you think that has any ramifications for what Braden Marshall will decide to do? You know, potentially, you know, I think, you know, Downs is, is clearly a safety type. I think Braden's got some safety nickel ability. So, yeah, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, I do think that could become a bit of a factor. You know, he, he's a Floridian talking Braden Marshall. And, and look, when when you talk to Florida kids, they want to play early. You know, that that's something that always comes up. In, in kind of that competitive nature of, of my home state. So I do think that could be something that that maybe outlined outliers uh, Carolina as, as an interesting factor relative to if he doesn't know just yet, maybe that could push him and nudge him in a certain direction. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be naive to rule something like that out, especially when when Caleb's, you know, the unanimous number one safety, well-known uh, to be recruited as, as there is in the country. Yeah, that, that has to factor Sure. Absolutely. And, and as you said, obviously, they're more uh, different parts of the defensive backfield. Uh, it's just always interesting to see how those things go. Now, speaking of Caleb Downs, I think Carolina people that are paying attention um, knew that they wouldn't be getting Caleb Downs. As uh, you know, if you're tracking with this, he committed to Bama. But there's always just this kind of outside lingering hope. Hey, maybe Dre Bly can get his nephew. Hey, maybe uh, Josh Downs can convince his brother to come be a Tar Heel with him. Um, but ultimately, Downs commits to Alabama. I know it makes sense because it's Alabama, for crying out loud. <laughs> but um, like, w were Tar Heel fans foolish to have any outside hopes? I don't think so. I think every school that he listed was legitimate. I and mean, Caleb is an incredibly calculated uh, player who's been recruited for years by all of these programs. So, yeah, I think most people viewed it as a Bama versus Georgia type of battle. But, you know, he loved Notre Dame. He thought the, the academics there were interesting. Obviously, the family ties to North Carolina got him back to campus multiple times. I mean, I, I don't think when you're that highly thought of, that calculated and that, you know, kind of longstanding and elite prospect or considered an elite prospect with so many people bugging you for a lack of a better phrase, you don't just take visits to take visits. You know, I don't, I don't mm. get that vibe from Caleb. So yeah, I think 
there was reason to be hopeful leading up in, into the commitment itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the expectation was was certainly that he would play in the SEC. Even Ohio State, you know, had some up and down confidence uh, with downs uh, at one point or another. So yeah, I think all five fan bases should have had some hope, uh, mm-hmm. but but certainly, you know, some were more secure than others in this in this recruitment. Yeah. And speaking of missing out, Carolina uh, just a week or so ago lost out on Jamal Jarrett. There there had been some. Uh, some hopes, uh, some of the way he interacted on social media uh, with with kind of blowing up some Carolina things that I think a lot of Tar Heel fans for a while felt that there was some promise there. But then obviously uh, in the days leading up to his commitment, it was like, yeah, he's going to he's going to Georgia. Right. And so, uh, I mean, losing two guys at the top tier of the class to the two top schools in the nation, essentially, at this point, uh, you, you can't be overly sad about that but um how do you kind of spring back from that yeah i think with Jarrett, maybe it hurts a little bit more uh there was you know more of a top two there with georgia north carolina auburn was was to me a bit of a distant third in in that race and with him being a north carolina native that had frequented campus so much and admitted it was his dream school i think it does sting a little bit more uh relative to just a legacy prospect who uh, who had some connections to the school. Um, but yeah, I mean, Georgia and Alabama played for the national title last year. Georgia won it. Alabama won it the year prior. I mean, it's really hard to um, latch on to those those kids making decisions like that, especially on defense, where both programs yeah, are a little bit yeah. more uh, well-known uh, over the long haul uh, period of time. But yeah, I, I think North Carolina is going to be fine. This class is really strong. Uh, before this little mini run, I guess, of misses, we talked about the different types of defensive linemen that have already committed to UNC, uh, multiple edge rushers. I know we'll talk Rico Walker here soon <laughs> as well. That's right. Um, yeah, I think it's okay. The front seven recruiting is, is going pretty darn well. And okay. I think the defensive line group in particular, uh, you know, could end up being the strength of the entire class when wow. all said and wow. done. So I do think that um, it's a little – it stings more to miss on Jarrett, per, like sure. just from a human standpoint. But sure. in terms of rebounding, it's the better, uh, more stable situation compared okay. to the secondary, where there's a couple more question marks at this stage. Yeah. All right, folks, you hear it here from John Garcia Jr. Deep breath, relax. And here in just a second, let's do talk about Mr. Rico Walker, who John just brought up, who is another addition to this defensive front. Great news there, right after I tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's also reviews and news from every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just as we've set up, as we've said, we've been talking uh, about this defensive front, and Carolina did get another defensive edge commit Mr. Rico Walker, another Carolina kid, another North Carolina kid. And uh, this is great 
For Mac Brown, it's great for Coach Gene Chizik and his defense. Um, John, let's first just start by talking a little bit about Rico and then another edge guy. You know, let's get into that as well. Yeah, this was a big win for Carolina. R really no other way to put it. At different points, we heard about Georgia. Certainly heard a lot about Tennessee. Uh, he'd played seven on seven. The last time I saw Rico was out in Las Vegas. He was playing seven on seven with Tennessee's quarterback commitment, Nico Iamaliava, Tennessee's safety commitment, and John Slaughter. And there was certainly a pretty public recruitment of Rico from those those Tennessee pledges. And uh, spending a weekend together out of town, you know, you just never know how something like that's going to play out. But Carolina stayed the course and keeps a uh, hickory prospect uh, within state lines. And, and this is a big deal because Rico is – uh, one of the most unique athletic profiles, uh, I think, in the entire class. You know, again, for reference, at that tournament, he was playing tight end and he was playing really well uh, at six, what, six, four, 240 pounds. I mean, just an unbelievable physical specimen and athletic specimen on top of that, who is, is a blank canvas. I think you can easily line him up as a true edge today. You could probably, you know, convince him to play some tight end if you needed to, but. I think where where his frame is is pushing me from an evaluation standpoint is maybe you add weight to this kid and he becomes mm. a hand in the dirt, almost traditional four three defensive end uh, to where now he can play and work more inside to complement some of these other edge prospects that that you've built uh, or that you've gotten committed because he is built in in such a physical way where where you can add some some more mass to his frame at again six four two forty or so I think. Sky's the limit for Rico. He is not anywhere close to the finished product that, that he will be in the coming years. So this is one of those that you just say, I don't know the position for sure, but we know we want you. <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead and commit to Carolina and we will figure it out during your first fall camp. We might move you around a little bit, but but it's going to work out in the end, no matter where he ends up. Because this is, uh, I mean, he calls himself the specimen, and and it's warranted in, in this regard. He wow. he can do a lot of things from from a football perspective, and he fits the modern game as well. He is built for space. He is built uh, to to move, uh, even though he's built uh, physically uh, for great size and strength. And and we've got these two guys we talked about a couple weeks ago, Jabron Harvey and Tyler Thompson. If you look at these three dudes, and I know what we're talking about with Rico Walker, that he could move around, but if, if we're keeping them out on the edge, how would you rank these three guys as of today? I, I'm not necessarily projecting where they will be, but as of today. You know, the, the other two are so similar. I know we talked about it, you know, it's floor versus ceiling conversation with the two. Sure. So I think if you're talking about ranking them as pass rushers today in terms of, hey, these guys are going to play early, I'd, I'd go with those two over Rico okay. for that specific role. But if we're just talking football development, high ceiling, long-term projection, I'm going to go Rico because I just okay. think there's so much potential there. Um, you know, I don't want to – I shouldn't do this – but coming out of high school, Travon Walker, who just went number one in the draft, was this same kind of situation where you're like, I don't even know what he's going to play. But whenever he figures it out, it's it's going to be pretty darn great. Now, I don't want to compare them athletically because I do think Travon was a unicorn and, and we saw it at the Combine. That's why he went number one, all that stuff confirmed. But there are a little bit of similarities with Rico from an athletic profile standpoint and kind of just this understanding of, let's just get him on campus and we'll figure it out, whether it's five technique, seven technique, he's playing with his hand in the dirt, 
he bulks all the way up and moves to three or five. Either way, he's he's going to have a, a big time long term impact. By the time he's an upperclassman at Carolina, I think we'll be talking about Rico before the other two in terms of the impact. But earlier, I'd go elsewhere. Okay, interesting. Love that. That's really interesting. Listen, I'm not going to hold you to that comparison, but I, you just got all my hopes up for uh, for what's going to happen. So no big deal. And everyone watching and listening, so just there there's the grave you've dug and now you got to go lie yes. in it john so i'll I'll, <laughs> no. I'll live with it it wouldn't be the first time but uh yeah it's it's the name that popped into my head so hey yeah. we got to go full transparency here on, on locked on tar heels i love that i love that john thank you so much so uh we've got one more place we want to go carolina uh has another recruit that they seem to be in the lead for he's supposed to commit on monday august 1st but He's pushing things back. Do we need to be worried? We're going to talk about it in just a second. Okay, so this is what I was teasing just a second ago. David Hobbs, uh, we, we've talked about him on this show several weeks ago, and uh, things look promising for Carolina. Um, m- many recruiting sites are, are looking at Carolina as the landing spot for David Hobbs. He's supposed to commit. August 1st, that's what he stated. But then, uh, about a week ago, he tweeted this. Ellipsis, dot, 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 big decisions take time. I'll be postponing my commitment date. Now, John, before before we even get into it, I just want to say, like, to me, he has every right to do this. I would rather, like, as a dad, we were talking about being parents earlier, as a dad, I would rather you take your time. I'd rather you get it right and be in the landing spot that is right for you and your skill set and who you are as a person. But at the same time, I know that when you've put out these commitment dates into the world, it gets people all up in arms when you make changes. Now, David Hobbs has no new commitment date set. What what do we do with all this? Should Carolina fans be worried? Yeah, I think that's the key. How far back are we talking here? And he might not know as of July 27th or 28th, but if he's talking, well, we still want to do it in early August. I don't think there's a whole lot of, of you know calls for pause from, from the hype standpoint. Uh, from the Carolina perspective, but we did check in with him over the last 24 hours at SI and he's going to take a visit this weekend to a school we've already talked about. He's going to go to Alabama to check out the Crimson Tide, one of the newest options on his offer list. So in that regard, if he's a priority (laughs) for Saban and company, yeah, maybe you start to worry, but I think it still goes back to the timeline. Does he do it the first couple of weeks of August. Does he still want to get it done before his high school season begins in 2022, which would put him committing in the next few weeks? I think you're probably still safe because there was so much Carolina momentum going into this August 1st date. But if he starts to talk about, well, I'm going to push it into the season and then he's going to take more game visits and then a Tennessee can get back involved. Does Georgia get back involved? Does, does the pool grow in terms of the contenders uh, for Hobbs. And I think that's where, you know, the worry should really uh, have a little bit more substance in that regard, but we're still not sure what the plan okay. is beyond this okay. Alabama visit. It could just be an itch. He needs to scratch to get over to Tuscaloosa because Hey, maybe, you know, they, they started calling him a little bit more over the last uh, couple weeks, but still, I do think Carolina today is in the driver's seat in this recruitment. And I think, you know, you might have to earn it a little bit more, but I think that should be something that Carolina fans welcome. If you want to run with the big boys, right. as they say, 
you got to compete head to head and you start winning some of those battles and, and you've got a chance to continue to ascend towards uh, towards your ceiling. And I think this could be one of those interesting case studies because not a whole lot of kids, especially on defense, as we talked about with Caleb Downs, not a whole lot of kids saying no to, to Nick Saban these days. But we'll see. We'll see how the visit goes and we'll see the, what the timeline looks like thereafter. To me, if it's still in the month of August, I think you're still in great shape. If it starts to push beyond that point, you know, we'll start to take a step back as, as we look at it going forward. That's so interesting. And, and I love your point there about like, hey, if we're if Carolina is going to compete with the big boys, it's, it's not like Mac Brown and the coaching staff are just going to lay down and say, oh, well, Nick Saban wants him. Uh, good yep. try. You know, like clearly they're going all in too to hang on to what seems like somebody that they thought they already had. 100%. You, you've got to do it. You've got to want it. And, and look, Mac has gone head to head before. I mean, Drake May was a Bama commitment who flipped to North Carolina a couple cycles ago. I mean, this is something that um, that that we talk about a, a lot. You know, Keyshawn Silver was was an Alabama target. I mean, there there are you know several examples that we could go on here um, on this current Carolina roster. But yeah, more frequency in that regard is maybe scary to some in the fan base, but. If, if that's where you want to be, that's who you've got to start beating on the recruiting trail. And then you have a better chance to beat them on the field. And that's that's the formula, right? And that, that's the formula to, to contend at the highest level. And if you're a Carolina fan, that means ACC titles, college football playoff appearances, two things that have eluded the program for, for quite some time. So, yeah, I think that's that's the, nat- the next natural step in the progression there. So, uh, so we'll see. You should you should welcome it to a degree, but obviously you should be realistic as well and say, well, let's <laughs> let's not battle with every kid, uh, you know, with Alabama and Georgia. But yeah. it's it's part of a part of the game, and and that's where we're seeing Carolina try to assimilate towards from a recruiting perspective, nice. and that's where they need to be. Okay, so we'll wait to see what news we hear out of Hobbs Camp coming out of the weekend. Um, when when does when does that start typically happening? Like, do you at SI uh, check back in after the weekend? Do we wait and see what comes out on social media? How, how do you usually approach that, John? It's a bit of both. You know, we, we certainly try to respect the uh, communication guidelines of just being a good human. Uh, although, <laughs> you know, in this day and age, it's it's not as common as, as you'd like. But yeah, I think it's a combination of uh, allowing them to react how they want to react. And then we can check back in at, at our leisure at some point. Uh, during next week. I think what works this time of year, Isaac, is that there's a dead period, August 1st, and that's when it kicks back in. So I do think that a lot of kids are going to, you know, do some interviews that those first couple days of August, and then that will kind of be it unless they've got a commitment coming up. So I'm curious to see how far back Hobbs pushes, but we don't want to push him that much from our end. Okay. Very interesting. So uh, Carolina fan base, your hope is that this doesn't get pushed back too much. Maybe the hope is, Hey, as a human, you just want to get flirted with a little bit. And it's like, man, if Bama's calling, I, I got to go to Tuscaloosa and check things out. Even if I never go, I stepped my foot in the door. And you kind of alluded to that, John, but is that a legitimate thing to say? A hundred percent. You know, it's not like Alabama offered him, you know, two and a half years ago. And, and it's just a matter of, hey, I never got to campus. This is something that has more recent traction. So it is. I think, you know, for a lot of kids, it's an itch you want to scratch, you know, to see what the fuss is about even uh, more more so than anything individually. Like, hey, is this really, you know, the mecca of, of the sport or the pinnacle of the sport right now? I mean, is it really that or is it uh, just just something that people talk about? So, yeah, I think from 
just uh, humanely, you're yeah, you're curious. I'm curious. You're probably curious. I mean, it's just <laughs> very, just part yeah. of it's just part of uh, you know human nature in that regard. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. it's something that you know maybe has to be a box that he checks before a final decision could be made. You know, you want it when you have a a decision to make. You you know something, and we think that's Carolina's a great fit for him, and he's settled on that. But sometimes you want a counter to it. What? If if there's anything that can pull me off Carolina, let me explore that just yeah. to yeah. check my own you know bases there. And and if that's Alabama, it is what it is. But if if he is Carolina through and through, you will survive this Alabama visit. And again, those are the kind of certainly recruits that you want to pull to North Carolina. And, and <laughs> optically, those are the kind of battles you want to win because it elevates the perception around your program, and that usually translates to more success on the trail itself. Love that. All right. Well, here's the hoping it's one last date before we get engaged. That's what I'm going <laughs> to hold to. And we're going to see how that plays out. John Garcia, Jr. Brother, as always, thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend. Cannot wait to connect with you again next week. Sounds good, Isaac. Thanks for having me back on. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Big thanks to John Garcia, Jr. for all his great insight coming up tomorrow big mailbag show lots of great questions can't wait uh, to unpack those with you it's been great i'm so glad that you decided to make locked on tar heels your first watch or your first listen today please don't forget subscribe smash the like button and leave some great comments as you go back through it you can follow the show uh, on twitter at locked on heels you can follow me on twitter at isaac shade or john at Garcia Locked On. Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen today. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. Really appreciate you spending part of your Thursday hanging out with me talking about Carolina football recruiting. Great stuff, and it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace.